if a movie is good and you watch it and you enjoy it, that's enough. If it wins awards, whatever. Congrats, congratulations for you. Have a little clap. But like, I mean, whatever. What's done is done. You made the movie. If it was good or bad, people watch it. Be happy with it. But it's not what's done is done because the Oscars <laughs> apparently boost your DVD sales. Welcome to a vacation with a vacation with somebody new every single week. This week's vacation banned from the Oscars. On this week's episode of Vacation With, I'm joined by Russ and Jabrell, and together we're talking about the Hurt Locker producer who sent an email to the Academy saying, please vote for my movie, we don't want Avatar to win because it was a big budget movie. So we'll be talking about more and we'll have some announcements at the end on this week's episode. This is Vacation With. But the real story is what's going on behind the scenes in the dark arts of Oscars campaigning. In the filmmaking world, because of the way the Academy works, it's not possible for George Clooney to stand up and say, I've made the best film, and Colin Firth say, to come on and say, absolutely not, yours was the worst and mine was the best. It's a much more uh, subtler process. All right, hold on, let me just introduce the show here. Got a good adjective. All right, welcome back to another phantasmagoric episode of Vacation With. I'm joined by veteran Russ and uh, Jabrell. <laughs> and together we're talking about the Oscar producer who was banned from attending the award show. Uh, the Hurt Locker, nominated for, you know, a couple awards. Nobody's really heard of that movie. Everyone's cheering for, you know, the Blue, the blue People movie. Um, but basically, the producer, he decided he was going to email a bunch of people on the Academy saying, please vote for our movie to win Best Picture, blah, 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 blah. You don't want the mainstream movie to win, don't you? Or do you? Or, no. You don't want the... <laughs> how, how'd it go? You don't want the... Mainst- <laughs> you, you, you don't, don't want, want the, the mainstream movie. picture to win, do you? You don't want the $500 million film to win. Exactly. So he sent the email. The Academy was like, wait a second, that's complete violation of our codes. You're not supposed to um, put down other movies in the competition. This isn't, like, you know, the U.S. government election or something. Oh! Snap! Uh, so, <laughs> so anyways, so the, um, the Academy was actually pretty close to removing the, the Hurt Locker altogether from competition, but I, I assume they thought, you know, if they did that, it would hurt ratings. Like, they, they didn't care that it, you know, they didn't care about hurting people's feelings. They just cared about the fact that they were going to lose money if they, the Hurt Locker was removed from the competition. So the producer was banned from the party, essentially. He doesn't get the giant gift bag with $20,000 cell phones or whatever. And basically, that's where we stand now. So the Oscars are on Sunday. By the time you listen to this podcast, you'll probably know who won the Oscar. First of all, what do you think his intentions were? And do you think he should have been banned from this award show? Well, maybe that he had, like, the chips are kind of stacked against him, I guess. Um, Because... I mean, since it's a $5 million movie, Avatar has probably at least half of that put into marketing. So everyone knows about Avatar. Everyone's talking about Avatar. I mean, I remember ads and stuff when The Hurt Locker came out. I never saw it. It didn't seem so interesting. But, I mean, compared to Avatar, it's pretty small. But, but um, surely you would think that this has come off as like the most pretentious thing you could do and probably turn off voters from voting for you. Like, if, if I got an email from Steven Spielberg saying, please vote for, you know, my autobiography movie, I'd be like, 
No, I'm voting for up. Just because. <laughs> that's, I don't but even I, care. I'm, I'm sure he I'm emailed a more diplomatic message. Like, oh, do, don't, don't do, do what the what's... masses will do or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Like, just think about it for a second. Like, does Avatar really deserve it? I mean, if Hurt Locker had a $500 million budget... Like, maybe it would look a lot better, too. So, and honestly, the Avatar story is pretty laughable, in my opinion. Uh, Avatar is just a rip-off of Pocahontas. Well, yeah, um, that and um, Fern Gully as well. But um, it's not the story, it's the technology, apparently. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Academy, it's all about the technology. Films are about technology. And they don't <laughs> want to... They don't want James Cameron to go on a giant rant if he doesn't win the Academy Award. Mm-hmm. But well, like what we already know is that the the Hurt Locker's already won, basically like a couple Baftas. I think they're considered to be the front the front runner for the Oscars. Whether or not they'll actually actually win, we'll see. Because apparently the I don't know if you guys know, but there's a new there's a new system for voting for the uh, Best Picture now, because now the, the system's been opened up to ten nominations. It's no longer who gets the first, the most number of votes wins the uh, Oscar. It's a different kind of system. It's basically you rank who you're voting for, and they basically will knock off the lowest ranked person. Or like they'll, they'll check and see if there's a someone who has the most number one ranks, and if that wins, then that will be the best picture. However, if there's no there's, if there's no like clear number there, then they have to knock off the lowest number um, voted person, and then the, uh, it, it gets so complicated. But it's ah, uh, sounds stupid. But uh, I don't know if that works. Yeah, essentially, if you vote, uh, basically anyone can win. Is the bottom line. The awards are very political, and I think the people running it kind of have a stock in who wins, just to make people happy, right? Yeah. So I have a feeling this like gives them more control over who wins and just like keeping it stable, I guess. I don't know. No upsets. Or at least no upsets that affect the people running it, I guess. Um what's like one of the one of my favorite Oscar moments is Michael Moore's uh, speech. Have you guys seen that before? <laughs> I think so. It was a while ago, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, when he won the documentary for um Bowling for Columbine, he basically went up and was like, we are living in a fictitious time with fictitious presidents, and uh, we're going <laughs> to a fictitious war, and basically everyone booed him, um, because it was back in 2003 when people, you know, still kind of believed that the government was a good force and all that. If someone has an opinion or whatever else, like, why are you gonna, like, oh, of course, Buddy's probably eccentric and whatever else, like, even... Even the he like he's been kicked off the set and said not to come back when uh, filming was happening because he was too much of an interference. But the Oscars are right because they have to uphold a certain I guess level of or a certain standard. Even if that standard is a little messed up, it's still theirs. Well, it's they know it's because they have it's for the ratings. That's all they. I think that's all the Oscars really cares about. Exactly. Um, they uh, the reason that they expanded to ten best pictures was. A ratings thing like I think yep. last year was one of their lowest rated award shows um, but I mean it just it just goes like I don't know do you, do you guys think the Oscars are, 
are even relevant anymore. Like, I don't even, you know, I mean, oh. when you're when you're eight years old, you kind of get it. The, the Oscars are like, oh, it's, you know, it's kind of cool. But now it's like, who cares, really? Especially with the Oscars and the Grammys, stuff like that. It's like, well, you know. I think the Oscars are like my entire life. I was just like, I don't care. If a movie is good and you watch it and you enjoy it, that's enough. If it wins awards, whatever. Congrat- congratulations for you. Have a little clap. But, like, I mean, whatever. What's done is done. You made the movie. If it was good or bad, people watch it. Be happy with it. But it's not what's done is done because the Oscars <laughs> apparently boost your DVD sales. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, like, it shouldn't... Your enjoyment of a movie shouldn't be affected on whether or not the mainstream of people agree with you or not, I think. But yeah, like, I mean, it boosts, if you enjoy someone who's really independent and they win the Oscars, like that will help, that will help them financially. But, but I don't know people, I think people are easily influenced. Like if a, if a critic says that something is good, they'll start liking it. Even though, even if they initially didn't start like, even if they initially didn't like it, do you know what I I mean? Like, like what's, I'm trying to think of a good example. Like Avatar? Oh my goodness. Yes. Okay, so we've got <laughs> we've got Avatar, <laughs> which is a universally praised movie. I thought it was, you know, it was it was enjoyable enough. I didn't come out thinking that's gonna win every Oscar that's ever been invented. Um, I, I was just kinda like, you know, because I I've never seen Titanic actually, but I really liked Terminator too. Um, and I was yeah. like, well, maybe he could follow that up. <laughs> I, think, I still think Terminator 2 is a better movie, uh, uh, clearly. Yeah, um, by far. I mean, they both have amazing visual effects. It should win for visual effects. But what Terminator 2 has is a really good story, whereas Avatar is pretty meh. So, I mean, it should it should definitely win visual effects, but that doesn't make it overall the best movie, I don't think. Yeah, I think people are connecting with avatar more um I, I don't know why like why are people connecting with avatar more it doesn't make any sense sure in, in some ways you can say oh it's just a retelling of of the atrocities that have happened in in the last five five hundred years or whatever else you want to go on about about white people killing all the all, all the native americans aborigines indians whatever you want to call them and 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 whatever else but it's just a ripoff and well, i know people well, are gonna Everything's a ripoff of everything else. Well, I mean, I think this is supposed to be an analogy, you know. I think, especially. But when it's for the... so obvious, though. Like, there's no. Yeah, I know. I no... know. But what I, what I took came away from that was, you know, the whole war um, in Iraq, kind of that whole invasion. I think that's, like, that's the the closest analogy that I think maybe they were trying to get across. There was that. They also had that environmental spin as well. So I think James Cameron was tr- trying to be contemporary by just kind of taking all these worldly issues and filling them into Avatar. And, you know, to a certain extent, it, it was, you know, it was, a, it was a good movie. Like, it was enjoyable. So it goes. I don't know. <laughs> I've, never, I've never seen The Hurt Locker, though, so I couldn't really say. But what, what are your guys' predictions for, for what you guys have seen? What, can you guys give us any predictions for Best Picture? I, I think District Nine is up. I, I'm rooting. I'm kind of rooting for District Nine. What do you guys think of that one? I actually I seen liked it. You didn't I like it. Thought it was really good. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a great movie. I haven't yeah. seen it. Yet. I thought it was really good. I don't know if it's nominated. I hope it is. But The Road, I think, was the best movie last year. 
Oh, I haven't but, seen The Road, but I've seen or I've I've read oh, the book. It's amazing. I've read the book The Road. Apparently it's very 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 close to the book. It's <laughs> it's really depressing, but it's like well, really yeah, well done. I remember the book being like that. <laughs> yeah. It was just kind of like, well, I have well not <laughs> left the theater with my heart ripped out of me and stomped. Like it oh, it's just What about Rick? You don't get it. Oh, Shawshank Redemption. What about rec- no 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 Shawshank Redemption's uplifting. What about rec- well, it's uplifting, but it still like makes it teary. No no no. But what about Requiem for a Dream? That's oh, de- that's depressing. Uh, You'll leave that movie yeah. and you're like, yeah, there's no hope for anyone in this world. No, but this this is even worse. Like, oh no. Well, well you've I, read the book, yeah, right? I've read like, the book, it's like so I, I, I know I know what you're getting at. Yeah. So also in Glorious Bastards is up. We got a serious man. We got up in the air. Up. In education, the blind side. What is this? The Blind Side. Blind Side? Sandra, was Sandra, good. Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock is back after Speed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. You saw her. It's like you, <laughs> loved, her. you loved her in Speed. Haven't done anything since then. <laughs> no, she was in The Lighthouse. Have you guys seen that movie? <laughs> no. Oh my goodness. No, no, no. Not The Lighthouse. The Lake House. Um, well, lake House. Because it was, it was her reunion movie with Keanu Reeves. Um came out a few years ago. Here's the premise. Here, Okay, the premise is ridiculous. Basically, um, she's living in like 2000... Like going 100 miles per hour? No, she's living... In... <laughs> it's worse. <laughs> she's, she's living in 2006, and Keanu Reeves is living in 2004, and they find out that they can communicate through um, the post box outside of the lake house, and through this like communication, they fall in love. Oh no! And then, but he's dead. And then, eventually, oh, my God. and then eventually, Sandra Bullock finds out that Keanu Reeves is like dead in her timeline. So she has to figure yeah. out how to save Keanu Reeves. Oh, by sending him a message? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, so it, it's, uh, but it's the cheesiest. Oh my goodness! Like, does he act very Keanu Reeves? Is she like asking Keanu questions Reeves all the time? Can, what is can this? Do nothing else. What's going on? <laughs> He can be whales. That's the only way you can act. <laughs> it's like a, a letter. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Wrapping up on the uh, the Hurt Locker controversy, which is that the producer was banned. I don't know what what lessons can be learned by sending out mass emails to people, trying to get them to do stuff. Have you have you have you guys ever sent out mass emails to a large group of people telling them of your opinion? No. Did not go over well. What about Don't you, Russ? <laughs> was there anyone in RTA that sent out mass emails to people telling them about their opinion and getting in, some sort, of, <laughs> getting in some sort of trouble with the students and teachers? I'm, I believe my old roommate did that at I one point. I can't think of. I don't even remember any of that happening. <laughs> However, I guess what we can learn from the Hurt Locker is that you'll get your own party thrown afterwards if you insult the Oscar team. But apparently he's getting his own private party. Uh, oh my god! Well, I think it's... His, <laughs> well, I think Is it's going to be own, broadcast as well? It's his own no, it's his own studio, I think, that's probably doing it. They're like, you should have done that, but you got us in the paper, so we'll give you some money. <laughs> I'll just make a couple vacation with announcements. They're, uh, the next week, we're doing a live podcast from the um science fair at our school we built a giant motor 
we were trying to build an electric motor, but we couldn't get it to run because we didn't have enough juice. So we were thinking, oh, wouldn't it be amazing if we found a car battery? 24 hours later, a car battery actually showed up in front of our door. Literally, <laughs> like, it's so crazy how, like, it, no. The universe is on our side is all we can say. A car battery. Not just like a double A, a car battery. Whose car is it from, Go? We don't, Who'd you take it from? It, no, it showed up in front of our door. <laughs> it showed up in front of our door, no questions asked. <laughs> it was like, I am now at your disposal. Use me as you see fit. Mm-hmm. So that's our next week's podcast. It's probably going to be a video podcast, so you'll get to see lots of other bad projects that aren't our motor. After that, it's the episode you've all been waiting for. The the long the long awaited return to Second Life. We've been we've been holding off for as long <laughs> as possible, but it's time to go back. <laughs> I would like to thank our listeners for listening, and you'll catch us next week. There'll be two parts to the episode, I think. Yeah, part one and part two of the live video podcast um, in the iTunes store. So. We'll see you next week. This is Vacation with signing off.